name is Pliskin. It's all in the reflexes. You got a problem with drilling now, Proby? Is that it? We like her, Dad! Oh, you like her, do you? You like her so much you'd rather live with her than your own father? Tonight, we stay with them. And we shut them down. I'm literally here, like, pounding my fist and banging my head because I love that intro so yeah. much. It doesn't matter how many times I listen to no, it. It's I so good. It. It's really good. I listened good. to it probably 12 times today. <laughs> I love it so much, so much. Oh, it's good. It's good. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome. Welcome, everyone. This is Kurt Russell Rules. This is the podcast about the man himself, Kurt Russell. I'm Joe, along with my co-host, Ian. And we are excited to take you on a journey to learn about the movies of the man himself, Kurt Russell. And as always, here's some of the rules and life lessons that Mr. Russell can give us. Um, We're kicking off this episode number two and diving into an absolute classic. And without further ado, I'm going to kick it over to Ian here. Ian, what movie are we doing today? And tell us all about it. We're going to immerse ourselves in the 1981 cult classic science fiction action movie, Escape from New York. It's a great movie. If you haven't seen the movie before, maybe it's been a while, Escape from New York follows ex-Special Forces soldier turned convict Snake Plissken into the the heart of New York on a mission to save the president in exchange for his own freedom. Uh, Why New York, you might ask? Well, crime is absolutely out of control, resulting in the entirety of Manhattan Island being walled off and turned into the prison for the entire United States. So things are out of control. They're trying to lock it up on the island of Manhattan, and the rules are simple, Joe. Once you go in, you don't come out. Those are pretty simple rules. Yeah, straightforward. I don't know if I could follow them. We'll see. We'll <laughs> see what happens. We'll see what happens with little Kurt. Thanks for the breakdown, man. That's a, that's a pretty clear picture you painted right there. Yeah, well, I'm an artist. You are an artist. You are a wordsmith, my friend. So I'll set up just a little bit of the background here, just for any of you movie nerds out there that want to know a little bit more about kind of the details of the movie and how it came into production and just some of the behind the scenes. But this is uh, Kurt Russell's second time working with John Carpenter, as you said, in 1981. And so this comes off after their work together where uh, of the film Elvis, where Kurt Russell played Elvis the titular role uh, with John Carpenter. And then you also have jo- good old John bringing in some familiar faces uh, behind the camera, such as Nick Castle, Deborah Hill, his producing partner, Jamie Lee Curtis, obviously. You have her as just a a cameo there in the beginning uh, with her little voice being the computer. Um, Obviously, she was in Halloween, which was his big break. Adrian Barbeau, pretty major character in the film, who uh, was his wife. The film itself and the music were both written and composed by John Carpenter. For anyone who would like to know, he's really a renaissance man out there. Actually shot in St. Louis, even though it is Escape from New York. Uh, They shot the film in St. Louis uh, in 1980. And the thing that's really fascinating about it is, and good for the production, but bad for St. Louis, is there was a giant fire that basically destroyed a huge part of the town. No, devastating. Like, to the point where they said that it looked like somebody had carpet bombed it. Yeah. And it's not that, like, for the record, this is like a 30 to 40 minute walk from the arch. This isn't like some outskirt of the city. Like it was basically like in a significant portion of like downtown. That's insane, man. Just destroyed it. Truly. Seriously. That's crazy. And you can see it watching the film. I mean, it's, it's absolutely bare. Yeah. No, they didn't like cover anything up. Like there are some parts of the movie, like buildings you see that are like burned out or messed up that 
is from the actual destruction of that yeah. fire. It's like it's yeah. it's, it's all of this. It's it's part of well, one of the things that really fascinates me about this movie. Not to get too much into it, but just the fact that they did so much with so little, and like th- they went there and they embraced this kind of set design, so to speak. I'm quoting my fingers right now. Yeah, they can't see me. That they already had and just worked with what they had and were really smart with their money. And so well, they had yeah. to be very creative in finding good opportunities like that location in St. Louis. And just like you said, the lighting, the, the choices that they made as far as like the different scenes right. with very, very little. Because it's a low-budget movie. Yeah, exactly, exactly. It's low-budget. They did a lot with a little, and I think it's it's fascinating. There is something also that's really interesting about this movie, which, Ian, I don't know if you'd seen it, but it's a chunk of the film. I think it's nine or ten minutes. Uh, there's a deleted scene. You can watch it on YouTube. It is a bank robbery scene with Snake and a partner of his. And they go in, they rob the bank, you see Snake kind of in a disguise, and he takes it off, and you see he's holding up his hair by this little <laughs> pantyhose or whatever it is around his head, <laughs> and he's uh, he takes that off, um, and he go, he gets into his Snake Plissken garb. They end up on a subway, and there's there's a lot of it. It's not like this is a 30-second or a minute deleted no, yeah. scene. It's, it's a chunk. It was meant to be the intro to the movie. Right, right, exactly. And then it was, I guess, confusing to people when they showed it to them. Yeah. Yeah. It's definitely yeah. something where when you watch it, you're kind of like, yeah, you see this didn't need to be in the movie, yeah. but it is kind of fun to watch it after the fact yeah. and get a little bit more of the character. It's kind of fun. You get a little bit more of him. You get a little bit more of uh, Kurt Russell, I think, kind of finding the character. Sure. Which he's perfect in the role. But I can also see in the uh, that deleted scene how there's he's a little bit more expressive, he's a little bit more concerned, mm-hmm. which you don't really get any of that in a final film. No, right? super quiet character yeah. in the film itself. Yeah. Exactly, exactly. So yeah, like you said, I think you can see why they cut it, but still fascinating to watch. So watch that online if you get a chance. Just some other interesting little tidbits here that I think movie nerds might want to know. James Cameron and his crew did some of the map paintings of the New York Which is skyline. crazy. It is yeah, crazy. I had no idea until you yeah. told me that. Yeah, it's fascinating. Like, you can look in there, and if you watch it with the commentary, you can hear them point out, like, which ones he did and which models he made. And they, you can tell even back then, I mean, he was just he was just a craftsman, man, just a, an artist. And it looks, it looks pretty fantastic. Again, speaking to what they did, how much they did for so little, uh, it's, it's pretty incredible, just the work he did and the work that team did. There's a lot of Western influence in the film. I mean, obviously, you have the eye patch, which is very reminiscent of films like True Grit. You have Lee Van Cleef, who was a big, uh, big player in the spaghetti westerns with Clint Eastwood and things along those lines. I mean, that, and uh, not to understate it, like huge in that, yeah, in that genre to yeah. the point where wasn't he, he was like the bad in the good, the bad, and the ugly, I think it is. Right. Major actor within yeah. the, the Western realm. So. Yeah, Spaghetti Western yeah. specifically. Like, he was he was a big player in those. And then also, speaking of that, you really have Kurt Russell, kind of a quiet reserve type and really kind of channeling, intentionally or not, really kind of, really, it feels like he's playing like an homage to Clint Eastwood from those films. For um, sure. It right. definitely feels that way. Right. Or maybe because we've read more and looked more into right, it, like right. we kind of get that more. But it definitely is that. But it plays well because there's a lot of characters Right. In this movie. Yeah. And the understated main character kind of enhances that a little bit, I think. That's a good point. He really kind of contrasts them. You have a lot of people coming in that are really expressive and really theatrical almost yeah. in the way they play their role. And he really is quiet and just kind of is kind of flowing through this crazy choppy waves of a story and he's just kind of this consistent personality it's, right. really, it's really interesting that's that's a good point it's a good observation well, a couple last little tidbits here we did have a, a sequel Escape from LA which we will eventually cover I'm sure as well yeah I'm sure and then there have been rumors of a third movie for some time <laughs> 
uh, Escape from Earth. Which is insane. Which is absolutely insane. <laughs> and I really hope that happens. I'm not going to lie to you. Like, just a picture but, of Snake like, Plissken. But real talk. At this point. Real talk, yeah. Kurt as Snake Plissken escaping from Earth. Is that what we're talking about here? Or we're we talking That's about somebody? Exactly what we're talking okay. about. Yeah, of course. Yeah. yeah. It's a stupid question to ask. Yeah. Oh, I don't know where your head's at. Yeah. yeah. Not here. Not in it. No, it's not. Um, but no, I think that would be incredible. <laughs> what is the plot of that movie supposed to be? I don't know. Okay. <laughs> the entire world is a prison? <laughs> it's gotta be. I, I guess. It's gotta be. Yeah, I could totally see it. A prison, like an intergalactic prison? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah, and there's lasers and like everybody. It's is like, this in the, within the Independence Day like canon at this point? Are we combining movies? Is there some sort of... That's actually a really good question. Yeah. Yeah. Is it just him and his ship on his own? Like flying through space trying to get to Mars or... Something I don't know. I hope so. Yeah, I could I'd watch it. it. I would watch it in a heartbeat. Yeah, and there have been there have been rumors. I've heard John Carpenter in some interviews mentioning some things, possibly. Never say no. Never, I think is what he said about it. Or never say no. Something. Yeah, exactly, exactly. I'm excited. I'm going to ask you, Ian. Is this the coolest Kurt Russell has ever been? Uh, my my pause and my sigh right. is because he's had a lot of cool characters. Yes, he has. Not because I'm questioning how cool this character is. I know. Because he absolutely is. I know. It is absolutely a character that kickstarted Kurt Russell in yeah. these kind of roles. The character itself, I would put it up there. Top three, for sure. Yeah. The story behind the character, yeah. absolutely. Uh, the way it plays out on screen, I don't know. Man, he's got some really, really good... He does good, have some bangers. Yeah, yeah. He's got some good ones out there I that I think are, yeah. are pretty freaking cool characters. I know. So it's one of them, and it definitely deserves a lot of credit for being one of the ones that kicked it off for him. Yeah, agreed. So. I think uh, I'm going to go with my gut and say it is. I okay. think it's the coolest he's ever been. Like, he's just so... Man, he's he's everything to me I want, at least in an action hero. The strong, silent type. Okay. Nothing phases him. Uh, I I love it. There's so much. There's so much to 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 be gleaned from how you how you navigate this world as a man. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> sure. This world, like the world we're in now, yeah, or the world that they're in, where crime is out of control. I think both. I mean, what's the difference? Yeah, that's that's yeah. Right. <laughs> uh, tomato, tomato. Yeah. Uh, but uh, anyway, yeah, I think it's the coolest he's ever been. I love it. I love it. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna ask you about that in the future yeah. when we get to his other characters. I'm gonna. Ask you compared to Snake Plissken. Yeah. How cool is that character? Yeah, so, other, like other films and everything. I really yeah. hope I remember to do that. Yeah. I'm putting I hope myself you do on the too. hook here. Yeah, I'll hold you that. Um, that sounds great. No, I mean, that kind of hits all my little tidbits here uh, behind the scenes. Anything else that you had, Ian, on your list there? Yeah, I mean, the Jamie Lee Curtis thing was fascinating. Yeah. Had no idea yeah. that that was her. He brought her back from Halloween. Halloween is the movie that made this movie possible, yeah, right? Exactly. The success of that. Exactly. Um, yeah. What I found fascinating is that this was really. We can look at this movie now and be like, oh, okay, yeah, like it's a good movie, it's fun, yeah. there's others like it. But it was one of the first in this like dystopian, gritty, violent, yeah. dark yep. category. Um, and in that way, kind of groundbreaking. Right. Kind of opened up. I think the industry is probably opening up more to that anyways because it yeah. took a while for this movie to get made. Um, but I thought it was fascinating. Like, yeah. This movie deserves credit and it has a cultural impact beyond honestly what I would say the quality of the movie is like yeah. classic B movie. Yeah. Like, but a really good one yeah. at that. Yeah. Um, no, I think that's a good point. Like the concept and the themes and all of that really, I think kickstarted some, they're some, kind of defining. Yeah. Yeah. There was a lot there. They were, they were defining. I think there's been a lot of films 
since that have emulated those to a certain degree. And now you would see something like, oh, it's this lone cowboy in a desolate wasteland, and he's got to fight these guys. And that's that's kind of old hat now. Sure. But back then it was. It was pretty new, pretty fresh. And, right. Um, something people hadn't really seen before. So, yeah. Yeah. The only thing I thought was interesting was some of the other main actors that were in the running for this. Oh, yeah. Let me Tommy have Tommy Lee Jones and Chuck Norris. Oh, were yes. Were brought up. I think the they were getting pushed to do that. So thank you to John Carpenter for pushing for our man Kurt for this Kurt role. Kurt Russell. Yeah. Um, you know, he's, I think he said if you can do Elvis, you can do anything. And, well... Yeah, he proved it. That he did prove it. But he, can you imagine Tommy Lee Jones no. or Chuck Norris <laughs> no, in this movie? I can't. That would just the vibe of this movie would be totally different. Chuck Norris especially. Chuck Norris is Snake Plissken. Which what I thought was interesting That's was that dude. they kind of said no because Chuck was too old at the time, and so that made me question like, how old is Chuck Norris? He just he doesn't playing. age. He's ageless. He's I know. Timeless. No, he doesn't. But it's wouldn't crazy, fit this role. Man. No offense, Chuck. Yeah. But uh, no, and I'm sure no offense taken. He's he is ageless. No. Yeah. 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 Uh, that's fascinating, man. I did not realize that. Yeah. Yeah. Huh? So interesting. Yeah, I mean, I think I think uh obviously it would have been a different role, would have been a different movie, but I think Kurt Russell brings obviously something special to it and really kind of this uh iconic portrayal that Totally just stuck just stuck with the audience and really I think made the movie last and really kind of stick in the cultural consciousness as, as long as it has. Totally so, agree. Yeah, totally, totally. Cool. Um anything else you got there? No. Time for a break? Time for a break. All right. Let's do it, my friend. See you in a minute. All right. See you then. Nice. Welcome back, everyone. Let's get into this movie. Let's hear about the plot and everything that unfolds. Ian, lay it on us. Yeah. I will say I did watch this movie twice. Once with the commentary, once without it. Highly recommended. As did I. Very good recommendation, Joe. Thank you for that. There's a lot of fun nuggets you get out of it. One thing I loved that you get from the commentary is how... Kurt had to pay to get into the movie to actually see it. Yeah. They didn't believe that he was in the movie when he went to yeah, see it for hilarious. the first time. Nowadays, preposterous to consider that. But back then, he was just getting started. So Snake Plissken, who apparently was named after a real person at some point that John Carpenter had heard of. some freaking awesome. Some kind of high school or whatever. Yeah. And he just couldn't let it go. But <laughs> Snake Plissken is an ex-Special Forces. I say ex because, as you noted earlier, he got into a life of crime. Yeah. Uh, following his military exploits. Yes. And eventually got caught. Yep. Uh, but he flew various missions around the world, had two Purple Hearts, I think it is, the youngest to be decorated by the president. Yep. So he's a big deal. Uh, but he's a quiet, straight to the point, kind of a true neutral in many ways. He's yes. not going to hurt anybody intentionally, but he'll get you out of the way. If you get in his way, he's going to remove you. Oh, yeah, yeah. He'll eliminate you from his, uh, yeah, as an obstacle. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, he's not going to run into a building you know, to light it on fire. Yeah. But he might run into it to save somebody. Yeah. He might. He might. Yeah. If he we'll needs s- to. Yeah. Maybe. Um, maybe. Yeah. So he's a convict. <laughs> he is going to get thrown into New York City. Yep. He's just been caught, I think, is kind of the general concept of this movie. Yes. Because but, of the, we mentioned the deleted scene earlier. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They called him right after that, which, yeah. Right. Anyways, so this basically but, follows right after that, him yeah. kind of getting brought in. Yeah. And yeah, the movie just kind of kicks off from there. Yeah. Uh, but we'll try and keep... Kurt and Snake as this thread to this yeah, film. Yeah, he's, he's the touchstone for everything. <laughs> for sure. Uh, let me ask you this. Yeah. So I don't know when was the last time you saw this um, before watching it for this, for this show. Long time. It's right. been a while. Right. So for me, it's been a little while as well. I mean, I own it on DVD, special edition. 
Just a heads up. Yeah, don't brag. So when he steps off of that bus and it like the hydraulics go down and it's like here he comes down from this bus. It's, they talk about it in the commentary too. Yeah, they do. They're like, oh, that was futuristic yeah. at the time. And it's hilarious. <laughs> but when he steps down, he's got the handcuffs on yeah. and he's not saying a thing and he's got some guards around him and he just looks like he could destroy anyone. He looks so amazing there. I think he just looks incredible. Like, yeah, it's a it's great a good He look. takes stage very well. And so And yeah. I really do appreciate how understated the character is like mm-hmm. he's not fighting mm-hmm. with the guards he's kind of oh just, yeah yeah he's just going with it he's just going with it yeah yeah he, he he's, just, he's probably scheming yeah about how he's gonna get out of this yeah later. he's thinking in his head like what can i do but same time it's like whatever you do to me whatever you want i'm snake blisking i don't care like, yeah yeah that's what it feels like you know, yeah like, no so that's a good point bit. like act one opens up like we get an amazing credit sequence, sequence. at the beginning yeah it's the awesome. music in this movie it's unbelievable it's so good yeah really good 80s style music full synth Synthesizer, John Carpenter writing it, scoring it, like I said earlier. Like it's it's fantastic. Yeah, man. very futuristic yeah. music. Yeah. Yeah. Or at least what they thought was gonna be the future yeah. music, in, right? In nineteen eighty one. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Sticks uh, with you, it sticks in your ears. Filmed in eighty one, takes place in ninety seven. Yes. The idea is that crime has increased four hundred percent. And yeah. I I finally did go look at like crime in New York in the seventies and eighties mm-hmm. was really bad. Like, yes, it was. It was really, not a good really, place really to be. bad. No. In fact, all the way through to like what the '90s yeah. until they started instituting some stuff. Yeah, I got a deep dive rabbit holes yeah. about how New York turned it around. It was pretty rough, man. It's yeah. a fascinating read. Yeah, recommended, I guess. Uh, yeah, if you want to do a separate deep dive it, that's unrelated to this movie. It really is though. Like just like the, it was, it was not doing well up until like you said the mid to late '90s. They really started cleaning it up. Yeah, and it was. I could see. I mean, look, not to. Not to poo poo on New York, but it's like if if that was a tra- trajectory of the town for twenty years, you could see like why that hit John Carpenter is like this could be the location of yeah. If you're going to go into like dystopia, what would it look like if crime that exists now increased by four hundred percent? Four hundred percent. Yeah. Watergate had happened. Vietnam War was happening. Right. Right. Which plays into right. the, this character of Snake, right? This right. distrust of everybody, right. especially authority. Yeah. Which Snake doesn't trust anybody right. at all. No, no, it doesn't matter who they are. And actively kind of pushes against authority in, in every way. Exactly. And so they've built this wall around Manhattan. Yep. Uh, which I, I did. I did the math a little bit yes, there you too. Did. I looked yes, you did. into yeah. it because yeah. I'm like, I want this. This is absurd. Like yeah. building this wall would be absurd. Like yeah. I know they built the Great Wall of China over the course of however long, right? Such a wall as possible, but that's uh-huh. absurd. <laughs> so I compared it. To, I compared it to the Hoover Dam, and I'll be honest, <laughs> it's a reasonable. Is it really construction project to do compared but to the dam? It's a 50 foot containment wall as right. described in the intro if you take the volume of, of the hoover dam and the volume of what this wall would be because it'd be right. about 35 34 35 miles long depending on how it would got built this is all come from the the beginning of this movie shows you a map of new york yes. and then constructing the wall and talking yeah. about how they like built it it would have a significantly lower volume of space than the hoover dam does are you serious yeah it shocked me also the hoover dam is gigantic yeah so but you've still, never been there but I'm just thinking about what it would take to, to yeah, draw that around the city. That's incredible. It's, it's man, a relatively truly. reasonable, from from my perspective, construction project. That and blows my mind. That shocked no me. Huh? But anyways, well, you you learn something new every day, yeah, don't you? Yeah, yeah, yeah especially little, on this podcast. Yeah, we're introduced to character. He comes in. They are uh, the well. The movie opens up with like some people trying to escape, 
and they get just blasted out of the yeah, water. Yeah, blasted out of the water. Uh, we yep. introduced to the fact they're on Liberty Island, which when they recorded, apparently they had like full access yes. to Liberty Island, yeah. which was unprecedented yeah, at, at the, the time. time. Right, there had exactly. been like a bombing like weeks before or something. Was there really? Maybe years before. Ugh, getting my time a little bit yeah, off. But recent yeah. enough that it was kind of sketchy, but... That's yeah. amazing, man. Yeah. I, I mean, when you watch that scene, that scene that you're talking about specifically where you have the Statue of Liberty and the camera goes down mm-hmm. into a little room that the guards are in. Yeah. And it, it all looks, it looks really good and it looks real because they obviously are there. Right. Uh, it looks fantastic. And I, I would assume they only had access for a, a couple nights or something like that. But that, I don't, I don't yeah, know. Yeah, it was minimal. They, were, they only yeah. were in New York for a couple of days Yeah, total, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And it looks, it looks fantastic. They made decisions, yeah. very tactical yeah. decisions that could have made the movie, yeah, the delineator between this being a B movie that feels really good yeah. and a B movie that just feels like a B movie yeah. was those little touches. Like Agreed. Being on Liberty Island and seeing it pan yeah. down from it was like, oh, that's the real deal. Like, yeah. they're actually there. Exactly. Like, movies that were, like, true B movies that didn't, that had a what of a, an eighth of the budget really couldn't have done anything like that. Right. And they were so intentional with those choices that they made, like yeah. you just said. And so, yeah, it's very cool. It's very, very cool. There's a lot of like high production value touches like that. Yeah. And so, yeah, it's pretty neat. It's yeah, awesome. so here we are in Act 1. Movie gets introduced. Lots of crime. Yep. Manhattan is the apparently the only prison now. They just take everybody there. They just dump them in there. Yep. All the bridges and roads are mined, so everybody's stuck. Mm-hmm. And Snake gets brought in in process. But before we get to, to Snake being totally brought in and photographed, we cut to Air Force One, which has been taken over. By some nameless group, I think, who yeah, reading off a manifesto of some kind. Remember, yeah. And we cut to what I think is hilarious. There is a Secret Service guy that's trying to break down the door to the cockpit. Yeah. Who it's like he's knocking on the door. He's I know. He's just like, like oh, yeah. Second. Well, that's a lost cause. Yeah. Well, get him out of the plane. <laughs> Let's just go. And that's actually, if I remember right, that's Gerald Ford's nephew. I think or that's son? right. It's somebody like that. Yeah. Yeah. It's which is hilarious. Totally random individual. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, he just kind of like knocks on the door a couple times and just like kind of shrugs. Yeah. And it looks just like a regular door you'd have in your house. Yeah. It does. <laughs> just a regular knob on it it's just like knocking on it hello come here yeah uh, but they don't open up for him and head back to yeah. uh the classic escape pod that yeah. that air force one definitely has i've yeah, seen I'm it sure. in multiple still movies still has yeah yeah it does big it, red yeah. like wrecking egg ball in this thing. thing yeah yeah it looks like a big big red egg it looks like a james bond device uh which is funny because of donald pleasance and his role in the james bond films which is just just put those two things together never thought about that i can't remember the exact ones but he played uh played blofeld in a couple of them uh had a similar sort of like escape hatch or escape device and a couple of those and so i might be blowing smoke here i have no idea i'm not gonna be able to call you on that yeah somebody will they might it's not me right now yeah if Uh, you're listening out there Call us out on it. But no, he, I mean, fascinating actor. Yeah. Like, first is. of all, he was, didn't fly in World War II. He was on aircraft in World right. War II. But apparently, big theater guy, like, yeah. like high theater, English guy, right? Yeah. And so, which is so funny to me because it, I didn't really think about it until after the fact that yeah. he kind of has like an English accent yeah, as the president. As the president. And apparently, yeah. he made his whole backstory about how he became president. Yeah. And it was this whole, like, this whole thing about America becoming like a colony again. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. And Jack Carpenter was like, okay. Just go with it. Sure, man. Yeah, well, no, yeah. it's just kind of like, I mean, we're not going to actually like talk about do it. any of that, <laughs> but if you want your character to be that. But apparently got really into it, which is what's amazing about a lot of these actors. They got really yeah. into this movie. Yeah, I think so. it's great. And that's another 
Uh, it's another tie from his previous work with Donald Pleasance being in Halloween, obviously. Yeah, yeah. Which is huge, which I don't think we mentioned that earlier, but yeah, he was obviously Loomis in the first, well, several of the Halloween films, right. but n- namely the uh, the first one where he and John Carpenter work, work so closely together. And so, yeah, it's pretty cool, man. He's really bringing in a lot of his uh, favorites for this. Yeah. So, yeah. Pretty neat. The, uh, the plane is flying towards New York City. Inexplicably, you have this giant open-air prison, and you would fly Air Force One over top of it. But it's taken over. They're going to be crashing. President gets in his little pod. They handcuff a briefcase to him, which contains a very important cassette tape. Yeah. And uh, off he goes. And that's it. Yeah. Yeah, They just cut to a little... A little video of the computer screen uh-huh. of this little ball dropping. Like animation of its, it's like it looks like schematics or something. Uh, yeah, kind like, of. Uh, yeah. It was like, a very that was done a lot, I feel like, in like eighties and nineties movies yeah. where they didn't really have a lot of CGI and so yeah. the idea of what computers would be in the future was just kind of this like wireframe. Yeah, a wireframe like yeah. schematic and they had to like just best guess. Yeah. Yeah. But it is part of the charm of it, you know? No, yeah, I mean, it, it works. Great. Yeah, it does work. And it's another example of cutting corners where mm-hmm. they couldn't actually show this thing crashing into a building, but to show that animation of what that could have looked like yeah. with those shards, like, jetting out from the sides of the building or whatever as it's hitting. If that yeah, thing hit huge. a building, yeah. falling from, like, 10,000 or more yeah. feet, at like, flying at a uh-huh. few hundred miles an hour, uh-huh. it would obliterate everything in its path. <laughs> so we just miss all of that. We find the, uh-huh. the thing later, Snake gets to it later, whatever, and it's just kind of nestled. Yeah, it's just, it, like, like, there's very, a destroyed building, but, like... Very carefully <laughs> set down at the base of this building. And the, the label on it's, like, right in the front right. where it should be, and it's, it's perfect. I love it. You know, the plane, so they kind of show, like, the, the wreckage of this plane. Yeah. It's a real plane. It's an actual plane. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so like it's just fascinating. Real size plane. Today, that would all be CG because yeah. that would be more cost effective. Back it then, would. it was, well, we're going to find an actual actually plane that we're going to chop up. Yeah. It's amazing just the choices they made, like yeah. you said. Like, okay, could we show the plane? Could it be like wreckage really in the background? It's like, yeah, maybe, but why don't we spend this part of our budget and really find a plane that's been dismantled or whatever and really bring that in for this scene and they do it and it's yeah. like just it's just intentionality like what they chose to spend their money on i think they chose very well yeah and so yeah anyway my opinion one man's opinion yeah so he crashes yeah. and then we kind of cut back to the response team going in and that's when we get uh bob hawk the police commissioner yep. played by uh Van Cleef. Yep. yep him and his team helicopter in there and they land and they meet Romero. Yes. Fascinating character. Yes, he truly is. That was, what, Frank Doubleday? I think that's right. Yeah, yeah. that sounds correct. And yeah. he gets into that character. Yes, he does. It is probably one of the most bizarre characters in the whole movie. I love it. Like, a yeah. lot of it is off and kind of wild and, and yeah. kooky, but this is, like, we- truly weird yeah. character. Yeah, he truly is bizarre. Like, his, his motions, his body language, what he says and doesn't say, the way he's dressed... The way he, like, just his facial expressions, everything yeah. about him is so bizarre. And I think, I told you this before, but he reminds me of Peter Pan. He reminds me of just a cracked out Peter yeah. Pan. Like I'm a, glad you said cracked out because yes. he's certainly a lost boy in some weird version yes. of Peter Pan because he's creepy, but it does have a Peter Pan vibe to yeah, it. Yeah, like, it's it's something to do with the way he stands and the hands on the hips. Totally. And yeah. like the, For the record, Joe is currently putting his hands, hands on his hips, hips like, like Peter Pan. Chest out yeah. a little bit. And, like, what he's wearing with his, like, it's like a sleeveless robe, like, with, like, 
unbuttoned down the middle of his chest type thing, and it it feels like it is. It feels like his he, hair's all kind of yeah. Just out. It's like yeah. coiffed and up, and it does. It feels very much like Neverland. Yeah, totally. <laughs> and so anyway, yeah, he's a really. I think you're right, man. He might be the most fascinating and bizarre character in the film. Like yeah. he's so out there. But again, yeah. he's one of those characters that's really out there that yeah. plays well against the understated snake character. Agreed. One hundred percent agree with that. Yeah. Yeah. That's a great way to put it. Great point. So yeah. they meet him, uh, they've got the president somewhere yep. and they're basically saying, Get out. Like you've yep. got thirty seconds and he just keeps counting down. Yeah. Romero hands him a finger from the president. Yes. Bold move, just chop the thing right chop off the bat. Finger the president's finger off with a ring on it. Yeah. And just hand it to him. Yeah. That is a very bold move. Maybe a good move. Maybe I mean smart. It, it I was effective. It, I know, it worked. <laughs> it worked. And so you can't blame him. Yeah. Got cut uh, to the chase. Yeah, guys got to get to it. I mean, this is an island full of the worst of the hard worst. criminals. So. so I don't put it past them. I didn't yeah. question at all that Romero would have that finger on him, so Yeah. No, no, no. When he pulls it out, it's like, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. He has his president's fingers stuffed in his jacket pocket. <laughs> Why not? But they book it out of there. The police, they hightail it. And yeah. that's when they know it takes somebody special to take care of this. Yes, it does. Man of the hour. <laughs> Snake. Snake. Snake Pliskin. Pliskin. Yeah. <laughs> yes, it does. So we cut back. Snake is getting kind of brought through. And then we cut to Commissioner Hawk's office. Yes. And they bring him in. And what an intro. This is yeah to the character yeah for Snake yeah 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 it really is when he when when he comes in so Hawk's just sitting there I can't remember if he's smoking already or not or what he's doing but so they bring Snake in and they got him in silhouette in the door frame and it looks so cool and it's really a good looking silhouette I mean I know it's Kurt Russell's attractive guy but like he's got the flowing hair he's he's sure. in really good shape you can kind of tell what he's wearing with like that vest thing tucked into his camo pants or whatever it is he just it just it's a really great way to unveil he's got that leather jacket character. on I can't remember if he has a jacket on I think he does does he okay yeah. okay it's a great silhouette looks good and then obviously they they sit down and they have their like one on one sizing each other up conversation which is really great as well that's that's some great Great back and forth right there. The tension, the respect, like just the sizing each other up. I think. Well, it's and they're fantastic. both they're both supposed to be special forces. Yeah, like, like top of their like, top of their. Like Bob Hawk was from like Texas special right. forces or right. whatever. They they know each other. Right. Snake is very well known. He flew the Gulf Fire over Leningrad or whatever right. it was. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, That's well exactly known mission. Yeah, really well known. But yeah, good old Bob Hawk starts talking. Yeah. And what I love is Snake is just like, why am I here? <laughs> like, why are we talking? Uh huh. He just cuts right yeah. to it. Right to the chase. And it's great. Yeah, it is good. Then he grabs a cigarette at one point, I think. He, he does. He grabs a cigarette. It. He strikes the match on the little stand or whatever it is. Yeah, he does there. ask to have his handcuffs undone, and Commissioner Hawk knows that's not a good idea. Yeah, no, don't, 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 don't trust him. Yeah. But no, it's a great scene, the two of them kind of going back and forth. And it's, yeah. a, it's a now or never situation. Coming to terms with it. Yeah, exactly. Discussing the terms. And uh, he eventually does have to agree even though you can tell he doesn't want to at all, but it does give him some sort of out from life imprisonment. Yeah, neither character wants this situation. Exactly, exactly. So, yeah, it's a great scene, man. Yeah, good intro. It's great that they're just like staring each other down the whole time. I don't know, establishing the respect and really... They're not on the same side, but they certainly respect each other. Exactly, they do. I think they very much respect each other. Deep, Deep down, they do. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So Snake eventually acknowledges, like, I'm going in either way. Yeah. I might as well have an opportunity to, to get back out of here. Yeah, exactly. So we cut to when they're kind of getting him all geared up. Yep. Great getting scene. Him, yep. Great a lot scene. Of, a lot of really interesting weapons and gear Quite on that an table. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like we said, there's like, 
what is it? There's ninja stars. Yeah. <laughs> there's uh I can't remember. There's what a looks like happening. welding goggles that are supposed to be yeah. night vision goggles, I assume, which he never yeah, uses. Never uses in the movie. Uh, they give him that great gun. It's mm-hmm. a nice gun. I don't know what type of gun that no is. No idea, but it but looks cool. Really nice. It does look cool. He's got a nice assortment there. Yeah. He really does. It's cool. Yeah. So, I mean, and they just kind of, it's just all laid out, but it's on like a single table. I know. Uh, which I love too, where it's just like, it's not like movies where you see where they walk in, there's just weapons everywhere and they're like pulling guns out of no, racks. Nope. No. This is all we got. This is all you have, Snake. This is all you get. Take the ninja stars. Throw it in a backpack we and grab go. Them. Yeah, yeah. Which, grab them and go. I really think about it. Where does he put all that? That's a great question. I know the gun, the funny thing with the gun, he has the gun on like a sling. Yeah. And it's like, it's not like a, everything now, everything's so like very much like you, you would have the gun like tucked in, holstered, something like that. But he has the gun on like a, it's just like a strap and he throws it over his back almost and it's just hanging sure. there like a tail. Yeah, it looks like uh, something you pull off your luggage. Yes, it does. That's exactly what it looks like, uh, which cracks me up. The rest of it, I don't know. I don't know what he does with it. Like, where do you put like, it? Where does he no put idea. that? Maybe he just doesn't take it. Maybe he's like, I don't need this. Maybe Yeah, maybe he doesn't care. He's like, just give me the gun and the ninja stars <laughs> and that's it. That That's it. We're go. That's we're, it. Yeah, we're that's gonna, all we're man needs going to New York. Yeah. But they, uh, I think under the guise of vaccinating him, this is where yes. we get the first real turning point. Yeah, you know, in the in the story, which is they've implanted two explosive devices in his neck, in the snake's yeah. neck. Yeah, he's got twenty four hours. Yeah, he's got twenty four hours now, or, or they blow his head up. Which it was never really clear how big of an explosion. It wouldn't take much. That's true. That's that's actually a really good point. I always envisioned it would be something that would actually blow his head up. But if it they could made that be movie really today, small. okay. If yeah. they made that movie today, do you think they would have had multiple convicts going? Snake would obviously be the main guy. But then they would have had a couple of others just so that they could show somebody's head getting blown up. If it was rated R, yes. What was this rated? It was rated R. But okay. I, you're asking if they made it today. It's though. made today. If they yeah. made it today, if it was still rated R, then yes. They absolutely they would have done that. that. They would have thrown in some throwaway right. guy who just talks too much. Yeah, and they like they shoot him over the wall and he just he gets like twenty feet over and, and something just happens. Blows up. Yeah, yeah. he like, freaks out, starts yeah. turning around, and they blows head off. Yeah. I could see them going either way. If they made it today and it was PG thirteen, I could see them also doing that, but the explosion would be more like a <clears throat> he just feels yeah, it. True. And it like severs his arteries or whatever and he whatever. Just dies, yeah. whatever. Yeah. So Kind of like Mission Impossible 3, if we remember that. Sure. Yeah, kind of like that one. Okay. But so they have done it. Yeah, they've done it. Anyways. PG-13. Anyway, moving on. Yeah, moving on. <laughs> so they, they implant this. He gets real mad. He kind of gets... That's where we learn. You've got 24 hours. Yeah. The clock is ticking. Yeah. Here's your little watch band button. Yeah. yeah. So you can press to get out of here. Right. They kind of get informed that you're looking for the... The president has this vital... Like armband, Some essentially sort of tracker yeah. uh, that he can track. There's also with the 24 hours. It's you have 24 hours before these explode, but yeah. also they need to be back in 24 hours because if the tape isn't read to the convention or summit, the or whatever president was it on is, his way to a summit with right. almost like the Soviet Union and China or something like that. Something like that, yeah. And, and if, so it was if, supposed if, to be like a peace summit or something yeah, of some sort. And if the contents of the tape, which are like nuclear something aren't read aloud then the summit goes south or something right like that. yeah so yeah so that's why he has that's another reason it has to be yeah he had to get the president and the tape if he returns yeah. without either of them yeah boom then it's yeah exactly so the stakes are on the table snakes are on the table <laughs> sure are <laughs> 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 a really softball there for you nailed too. it so yeah so that i mean that's kind of like the end of act one right like they they set it up yeah. we get it we get the character we know what yeah we know what's kind of at stake here we know um, what's at snake they, yeah. they, they can, we know what's at snake here and they gear yeah. him up they take him out to this glider yes that they're gonna hook him up to the whole idea is they're gonna he's gonna glide in 
undetected and land on the top of a tower mm -hmm. in New York City. On top of the World Trade Center. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 I think they were probably you know built maybe a decade before this movie, so like yeah, still pretty big deal. That old. Yeah, um, that old. and so yeah, the, the idea is he's going to land on top of the World Trade Center, and then it, it, it's like an insertion point that the, the military uses a bunch. Which yes, you would assume that that's the case. They would have figured that out, like you know all the prisoners, and they would. Yeah, you would think so, but they right. didn't. So we're fine. Right. So he flies in. I think in the commentary they talk about like would never actually fly that thing. They actually did. Oh. Use a real glider yes. for some of these scenes. For some of it. Wasn't right. Kurt in it, right. to my knowledge. Right. Uh, but again, one of those places where they actually spent some money. I think they had a hard time getting rid of it. They couldn't sell it. Yeah, there. they actually damaged it okay. on the set and through one of the sequences. And so they had a hard time selling it because it was, you know, not in the best condition. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, I'd be curious to look back again at, at how much of it, because there's a lot of trickery in there when they mm -hmm. show that thing landing and taking off. And what parts of it look like it's the actual full-size glider being, like, run into what, like, on, on the platform? Like, what's it actually hitting in real speed? What actually sure. damaged it? But it still works. There's a lot yeah. of, again, like I said, a lot of tricks they do to really make that sequence work on the cheap, which is really cool. Yeah. So, yeah. But real glider, real full-size glider. Yeah, real deal. Yeah. Don't know how hard it would be to land on top of no the World clue. Trade Center. Like, no clue. But he be, does it. He, he nails it. Well. Kind of. Barely. <laughs> Skids do an end on that thing. But it works, and he ties it off. Yeah, so he it's does. Ready. Yeah, he gets it nice, nice. And the and idea secure. is he's supposed to get the now. He's supposed to get the president back in this thing at the end. Yeah, it looks like it's a one seater. It's a one seater glider. It has two wings. Maybe you could sit on top or on a wing. <laughs> As opposed to how many wings? Well, some planes have four. With a they have the ones on the top. Okay. The yeah. Yeah. See, a lot of, a lot of gliders with four wings. Joe. Yeah, exactly. It's a four wing glider <laughs> and more control. Uh, yeah. So I don't yeah, know how he's supposed to get the president. I don't know where you go. Yeah, but I don't know. They're going to get him out of there. And so he lands on top of the tower, and yeah. they start to make their way down. Well, right. they, he makes his way down. Yeah. That's when we get introduced into, like, the state of New York City. Yeah, exactly. Um, Once he gets down there. Yeah. Right. Yeah, and it's completely disheveled. It's completely Yeah, that's where we see the, blown out. the plane, the real plane that's yes. kind of, like, broken up. Air Force One. Yeah. 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 He, I guess he, at this point he's tracking the, the vital sign. Yeah, he's tracking that thing, and he's trying to find, obviously, where the president is, and he finds that pod well does he find the pod first and then first he goes to the theater right yeah he tracks the vitals all the way to the theater that's right yeah, I'm, yeah. An idiot. I'm an idiot yeah I'm an come idiot. on I mean, <laughs> yeah, it's been weeks since you've seen this movie yeah, so. that's true that's true uh, yeah. it all blends together it's, it's so good true. it um, is so good no, he has. I think he he tracks the the vitals first, which again, it's so funny to me to look at these little like the little screen on this vital thing. It's just like a single dot beeping. I know, and that's all there is. That's just it's that's like, all he's okay, got. He's, he's alive. He's in this in this direction. Yeah, and he makes his way to this like little theater, which it's all torchlight, which is a nice little nod. Yeah, it's cool. There's no electricity for the record. Yeah. There's no electricity. Yeah. Apparently, there's some fuel source in yeah. in the city. Uh, but otherwise, the whole city's shut yeah. down. There's like yeah. nothing being provided to these people. Yeah, it's all like you said, it's torchlight. But what's really cool is like again, it, it's a, it's a testament to them doing so much with so little. And that I'm getting super nerdy for a second, but the lenses they had that they used on here, right. the fact that they would quote open so wide to let in so much light, so they could really light a lot of this with the minimal amount of light and a minimal amount of tools. Uh, because there's so many shots and you're like wide shots of the city, especially in the beginning when you're establishing the city and he's walking around that look like, oh, that's like goes pretty far deep into this New York kind of alley or road or whatever. But back then, you know, you could have used if you had traditional lenses back then, like a lot of different lights to light that up at night. But they were fortunate to get these really, really wide open 
uh, lenses that let them light with a minimal amount of light and to really keep things all within that really tight budget we're talking about. That's me getting super nerdy, but well, but didn't they didn't they wet the ground too to help get a little bit more reflection? And oh, light? I'm sure they did. Yeah, yeah, that's pretty traditional. Whenever you're shooting on streets, you'll usually wet the ground to okay. get that look. But uh, back then, that wouldn't surprise me at all because it is. It's another way to get another source of illumination from the ground on the cheap. So, cool. Yeah. So it's pretty cool. Yeah. Honestly. Yeah. So that's where we see we see St. Louis basically the, the destroyed St. Louis. A lot of that is legitimately mm-hmm. what that part is. And apparently, yeah. they just let them shut off blocks of power. So yeah, when they, they gave were, them access. <laughs> like like when full city, access. When to they it. when they filmed tonight, power got shut off to yeah. that segment of the city. Uh-huh. Would never. I mean, that would never happen today. No. No, um, but, it's crazy, man. So Snake makes his way. He gets to this theater. They've got their own little rendition of something playing on the yes. stage. And I want to yeah. say, isn't John Carpenter playing one of the instruments in the he little is. band that's there? I think he's playing the violin in yeah. there. Yeah, he's a musician, obviously, so I think he's in there. That's pretty fun. And then we meet Cabby oh, briefly. Yeah. He's watching the show. Yeah, Ernest uh, Board 9. Yeah. yeah. He, uh, we didn't really talk about him before, but uh, nope. another like stalwart in the industry. Yeah. Like, yeah. very well-respected yeah, came from a lot of great cinema. Yeah, accolades and, yeah. and great films. And I th- I'm pretty sure he won an Oski. Oski. No Oski. Got, got the one old of them Oskies. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> he got an got an Oscar for Marty. I think it was back in the '40s. I think might have been the '50s. Yeah, '50s makes more sense. Uh, but anyway, he was great, man, and he was another kind of like we're talking about, also kind of ageless. Yeah. Like I mean, I feel like he looked about 45 for 50 years. You know. Uh, but he's great in this, man. Yeah, he Great is. character, just kind of this naive, funny type of guy. And but again, also, another like, not gregarious, but just another, yes, right, a little right. bit over the top type of character mm-hmm. plays well against the understated yes. snake. Yeah, that's a great, great point. The contrast between like just the personalities is really something that I think makes the movie. So, yeah. yeah. So Snake yeah. kind of just slips in and just pays no attention to it yeah. and keeps on his way. Now, how he knows... To go through this building, to go to the basement, like that's where the dot is. I don't Who know. It doesn't matter. He's, yeah. I mean, he's special forces. He's he Snake Plissken. He's uh, Kurt Russell. Yeah. He's Kurt Russell. He's got a nose for it. Yeah, exactly. Makes his way to the basement. We see a, re- a little bit of a rough scene. Yeah. Down there. Yeah. A little bit uh, of a rough scene. They yeah. acknowledge it in the uh, commentary. It is tough, but it's like, it also plays to the fact that Snake doesn't really butt into things. No, that, he doesn't really get into other people's mission. business or whatever. Yeah. He just, he's involved. He's focused on his mission. He wants to get out of there. Yeah. So yeah. kind of a violent scene. And then yeah. he just kind of bypasses it, yeah. finds where the beacon is coming from. Yep. And it's just some random dude down there that has it. Yep. And that's when we, you know, we get the classic, what was it? Like somebody ate him for dinner line. Yeah. The president, <laughs> the president's dead. Someone had him for dinner. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. You get that. <laughs> and uh, he's like, get me yeah. out of here. He's yeah. like, I'm done. They're like, you've got, how many hours left? To find him. Yeah, exactly. I think he says, like, no compassion. No human compassion or something like that. It's some <laughs> funny lie. Like, some random lie, like, to come from Snake. That's really, really funny. That's awesome, dude. <laughs> that's pretty funny, man. That's pretty funny. Um, I'm trying to think what else happens down there. He finds him. He Does he get kind of jumped in that scene? He does, and he just quickly dispatches it. It's yeah, exactly. Kind of, again, sets up the characters, like, no nonsense. Yeah, just deals with it. Yeah, I love that part because that really does establish how quickly he's able to, how well he can handle himself. Yeah. I mean, he gets you know overwhelmed at points in the movie, but for him to take on a few people is really no problem for him. Yeah. Which I think is great. It establishes really quickly just how capable right. he is. And so, yeah, pretty cool. Pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. So they kind of bolt from there. They head, uh, he heads out into the street. At this point, he's dejected. He doesn't know what to do. There's yeah. no way of finding the president. Yeah. 
doesn't know who has them. Are you talking about the part where he's sitting down and just? Yeah, yeah. yeah. He heads back yeah. out. He finds the pod. Yeah, which finds again, the pod. Yes. pristine yes. in perfect condition yeah. the day it was made. And yeah. like you said, he sits down in that chair. Yeah, it's pretty interesting. Like it's that's something you don't really see. At least in that point, you didn't really see in action movies up until then, or adventure movies, whatever you want to call it. Like right. our hero just really gets depressed. Doesn't know what to do. He almost looks like he just sits there and either he gives up or he's just kind of going to sleep or he's just kind of thinking. Yeah. It, whatever whatever it is, it just, it really is something that is, it's kind of still, still to this day, I think kind of interesting to see that there's so many times in these action, action movies where the, the hero is just resilient, unflappable, you know, nothing really ever really gets to him. Yeah. And there's never like a real down moment. Like yeah, it might no, be a yeah. slower point, but this was yeah. like, it like. Screeches to a halt. Like it gets yeah, very does. slow. He is like yeah. we have a decent amount of time of him just sitting yeah, in his chair. Just kind of sitting there, yeah. like got his legs out, and he's like in the middle of the street <laughs> in some random chair with a pot with his gun just kind of held on his leg. Yeah, yeah. It's pretty interesting, man. I'm, I'm glad they added that moment in there, honestly. But yeah. then that, that doesn't last long. No, it's quick because yeah. the uh, the crazies come out. Yeah. Oh yeah, his like uh, subway dwellers, and it's really. It's really freaky. I think, again, the context of watching this at the time, I think you would have thought it was really scary because they start sure. coming out of the sewer. Right. Which, again, you've seen stuff like that, you know, uh, since. But yeah, we're all desensitized at this yeah, point. Yeah, just yeah like People that. back in the, you know, the 80s. They didn't. They yeah, didn't know. They were just little babies. They didn't have yeah, seen it before. That's the thing. They didn't see people coming out of sewers back then. Yeah. You know? it's They had real crime to deal with. They were innocent. Yeah, that's yeah. true. Yeah, they really, they really had innocent lives back then. <laughs> Anyway, so they uh, they're coming out of the sewers. Does he start to like? He starts to kind of run and follow them, kind of a little bit. Uh, and this no, he kind of is like ahead of them. He's like avoiding them, and that's when yeah. you see the chock full of nuts, which yeah, is hilarious. Yeah, exactly. The yes, little, like, perfect place. Perfect name. Perfect uh, name. But he ducks in there. He's kind of hiding something. He knows when to like avoid the Stay situation. Like yes, yeah. they can they're only kind of they can only create whatever. a problem for right. him, so he right. just avoids them. Yeah, smart. Yeah, smart. Then he gets in there and he meets. His wife. His his wife. Well, not in the movie, but, uh, but in real life, it was his well, wife. Yeah, exactly. A little bit of chemistry there. Yeah, a little bit. It is. It's palpable. Um, what's interesting is she's kind of like wanting to get away. Is this the first time we have the moment like, I heard you were dead? Because that's kind of repeated multiple times. It is repeated multiple times. I can't remember if she says it or not. I think I think Cabby says it first when he's in the theater. I think Cabby's okay. running up to him. And he's like, I thought you were dead. It doesn't last long, but he no. tries to interact with him. I think that's the first time. And they keep I establishing that, like, because even she knows. She knows Snake Plissken. Everybody yeah. apparently is familiar with this guy. They've yeah. heard his name a lot. Yeah, he's famous. He's yeah. famous in that world. But, uh, I, yeah, she definitely says it, though. She thinks he's dead or thought he was dead. And then they have a conversation about the different like gangs that are coming out. Sure. And then nothing. This whole this whole interaction doesn't last long. No, because they eventually the crazies get into the building. Yeah. And they start to move, and she just gets like they they burst to the floor. Yeah. Like, yeah. It's like aliens there for a second, and, and he just kind of looks at her like eh. he goes down there for about half a second. Yeah, I think half he might a second. Try to grab for her hand, maybe. And then he just goes. He's yeah, gone. He's he, out of there. It, once it's yeah. clear that this is it's hopeless. Just, bye. Yeah. Just leaves her. He's got more to do. <laughs> so he heads out, and then. Oh, he's yeah, he's escaping. We get this whole escape sequence yes. of him like running through alleyways, going through buildings, yeah. kind of climbs up. Yeah, what the, I love the, is the, the classic like he's shooting through the wall to make a doorway. Yes, it's the best. Uh, like Big circle in the wall. Yep. Yeah. yeah classic cartoon it. style situation. Yeah. And he just kind of kicks through it. Yeah. I'm sure there was probably a door somewhere, but the snake doesn't use. No, it's Kurt Russell. Doesn't use doors. <laughs> no, this is Kurt Russell. <laughs> and so he blasts doors. through the wall. Eventually ends up in the in the alleyway. Runs out. Is being chased and Cabby pulls up. He kind of hops in the back of the cab. And one yeah. of my favorite scenes in this entire movie happens where it, yeah. at no point no, do they stop no, talking. No, no, Cabby's no. just chit chatting yeah. and talking with him, lights up a Molotov. Yeah. 
opens up a little flap in the roof and just tosses it. Just yeah. throws it right in the alleyway. Yeah. Just right into the alleyway. And this <laughs> they could have driven off. Like no, he got in he with could enough have just time. Taken off, they were far enough in the distance where they could just ran away. Yeah, could have peeled off, but no, he throws it in there and it explodes into a ball of flames. <laughs> like it com- it quickly covers that entire alleyway. There's like half a dozen guys there chasing him, but it's like it's just a giant explosion from this Molotov, which it gets me thinking. Maybe you know about this. Maybe. But a Molotov in real life, what the actual explosion or what the damage is from that. You know what sure. I mean? Obviously, it's not good. I wouldn't think it would make a sound like an explosion sound. No, it's not going to explode. But it would cover a fair amount of ground because obviously it's liquid that's, that's pouring that out. That spreads. That's the whole right. point of it. Yeah, right. exactly. But yeah, I don't have a ton of experience with, Molotov with manufacturing or the use of Molotovs. Surprises me. Yet. Yeah, yet. yeah. You have well, I wasn't a Boy Scout, yeah, so I'm sure insight. they learned that. Yeah, Boy Scouts... <laughs> Never got my Eagle they Scout. Into it. Yeah, you never got there with that, that merit <laughs> never, badge. You yeah, never, never got, got my Molotov merit badge. Merit badge. Yeah, um, I don't feel sorry for you. Uh, I'm sure they flame up quite yeah. a bit, but yeah, but it is a it's that's great a great scene. moment though. It is yeah. that's a great moment. It's fun, and like you said, Cabby's just like jolly and talking. Oh, he's just having a good time. Yeah, he's gonna just throw his over music shoulder. in, and he just yeah. he just drives off. Yeah, just and explodes. then Snake pulls a gun on him. Pulls a gun right on him. He wants to know where the president yeah. is. I mean, who has him? Of course. Him? You know who has yeah, him. Yeah, obviously, the guy yeah. that has him is... is the Duke. The Duke. Duke. Yeah, a, the Duke a number has, one. A number one, the Duke has him. Yeah. Of course, the Duke, played by... Isaac Hayes. Isaac Hayes. Yeah, Isaac Which freaking is, Hayes. It's fascinating yeah, it that is. he is in this movie. It is fascinating. Uh, it's truly like it's it's truly fascinating. For those that aren't familiar, I mean, Isaac Hayes, musical career, big, big mm-hmm. musical career. Also, very popularly known as Chef from South Park. South Park, that's exactly the, the right. The voice of that character. By this point... He had been in a couple of movies and yeah. had already had a pretty successful musical career. So he, yeah. was, he was a big name at the he time. He was really well known at the time. Yeah. yeah. I think this was maybe not at like his peak, but still like he's he was very relevant still yeah. at this point in time, late seventies, early eighties. And so Yeah. Yeah. Now we yeah. are we don't meet the Duke just yet because no, 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 it's a bit later. Cabby knows yeah. that the person to talk to to meet the Duke is yeah. named the Brain or just brain. brain. I think it's just Brain. Just Brain. Yeah. And so they head to the library. Mm-hmm. Snake just knocks on the door and they just kind of introduce themselves. And that's where the Maggie? Maggie, yeah. Maggie, Adrian Barbeau, yeah. which uh, John Carpenter's real life wife. Yeah, at the time, yeah. Um there really are a lot of like familiar individuals when you think about it. His his wife, Harry Dean Stanton, who plays Brain, who's also in Christine, the yeah. John Carpenter film. No Kurt Russell on that one, which is a shame, but still a good movie. Christine, yeah. if you haven't seen it, and then um, they have a little bit of an interaction at the door, and Kurt, Kurt, Kurt being Kurt, convinces her to let them in. Yeah, which is, it's Kurt Russell. Yeah, so, definitely a moment between the two of them. Yes, it is. Yeah. That's the thing, man. I think he's got a couple moments in here where there's a little, I don't like, know about a little the first chemistry. One. I don't know about the first one, but this one for sure, there's well, some chemistry there. Well, we'll call it one and a half. Yeah, yeah agree to disagree. One and a half. <laughs> okay. Out of the two ladies <laughs> one, he meets, one and a half chemistries. Yeah, yeah. Okay. One and a half chemistries. We'll give it to him. I can't remember what it is. He says something that they get. She's kind of like, why should I let you in? And yeah. they figure it out. And we learn where they're getting fuel from. A yeah. pump jack yeah, it's in the middle of a library. Yeah, incredible. No explanation into any of it. Nobody yeah. acknowledges it. Nobody even looks at it. There's just yeah. a pump jack just doing its thing in yeah. the background. Just ha- having, just, just <laughs> pumping the stuff. Pulling that black gold out of the yeah. earth. Yeah, it's just going for it. It's crazy, man. Yeah. But another nice touch. Like, Sure. That's another thing where it's like, again, they could have... Um, left that out of there. They didn't need to put that in there, but I think they were very selective in terms of what would they add to these scenes to really make it feel like this is a sure to this make is it downtrodden yeah. place, and this is 
you know, this is this is the military. This is New York. This is how they're getting power. Just little decisions like that. I think we're smart. Yeah. And so mm-hmm. it's just it, funny. I just yeah. I saw it, that. It is funny. It looks good. really funny in there. Yeah, it's yeah. absurd. Uh huh. So we meet Brain. We realize that Brain and Snake go back. Was it? It wasn't that. Wasn't the mission where Snake got no, caught? No, it, it was wasn't that. Mission, one, somebody else got know. caught. I think. Yeah, yeah. But they they had kind of run in the same circle for a while. They yeah. And there's animosity there. I think for Brain sure. kind of sold them out on something right. at one point. And yeah. Something like that. But, but Brain knows where some of the mines are. He's got a plan yeah. to get out of the city, and he knows the Duke well enough. Right. If the Duke's got him, he's, you know the president's going to be in one place. Yeah. And so it's kind of this arrangement of, I'll help you if you help me situation. Yeah. At no point does Snake indicate that their way out of there is a glider <laughs> that he no. has to take, and that, as we've already stated, maybe two people could fit yeah. in that thing, but certainly not four. Right. Five, if you include Cabby. Yeah, exactly. Um, like, there's no way they're all fitting in there. Yeah, this isn't happening. Yeah, and I think Brain is almost like the Duke's advisor or his kind number of. two or something like that. Yeah. So there's there's some degree of trust there to where they're going to capitalize on that to get right get into the doors to see the president. And they didn't really so, explain yeah. it because as they're making they're leaving to make their way, yeah. the Duke shows up, and so that's when we get the introduction to. The Duke and his gang, so to speak. Yeah, exactly. I mean, exactly. I can't go into a ton of detail here because it would take us forever. But as all things true with this movie, there yeah. was a, a car forum website that had an entire post about That's all the cars that are in here. That's incredible. Of course, the Duke's in a Cadillac Fleetwood. That's he what comes I'm rolling about. up, you know, real nice car, full disco ball, yes. hanging. You, and you didn't mention the chandeliers. Did you? Not skip yet. The yeah, there are chandeliers oh, on the on the yeah. on the front of these things. Yeah, because yeah, all these cars are steam powered. Yeah, which I uh-huh. love the touch there again. Yeah, see, it's it's really cool. Just yeah. those little touches like that. Yeah, if it's you're living neat. in this, why not? Why not yeah. spruce it up with a chandelier? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Just little things like that. I'm sure someone out there has done that in real life in the real world. They probably right, have sure. that car. It's got to exist. <sighs> and I'm jealous of them. Are you? Yes, I am. Makes I mean, a statement. You can do it. I can do. You're it. You're an adult. No one's stopping you, Joe. It's true. Get That's that. true. Put them on the, the hood of my Civic. Yeah, that old Honda Civic. Yeah. <laughs> really get it. <laughs> look really Hydraulics good. Hydraulics and chandeliers. A couple of chandeliers. Yeah, it would. It would look really good. Uh, where were we? <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, they show up. The Duke's team shows up. We don't know why they're going to talk to Brain, but yeah. we've got Snake, uh, Brain, and Maggie outside, and they're trying to figure out what to do next. A little bit yeah. nervous. Snake. Well, Cabby is with them at that point, and he kind of just runs off and peels out and kind of leaves oh, them Oh, that's on their right. Own. He leaves them back yeah, there. Yeah, he knows to when to skedaddle. Yeah. So they steal a car from the Duke and head off. Yeah. Uh, and we get to see Broadway, I think they call it. Yeah. Yeah, which is hilarious. <laughs> Broadway of, of New York City. Yeah, and it's very much just like this medium-sized it's road. Like a, it's like a four-lane road, it's tops. Cl- it's clearly like St. Louis, <laughs> just some random street in St. Louis, which is really funny. But a pretty good scene. Sure, we get a sequence of them in this armored station wagon. Yeah, armored station down. wagon. The and gauntlet uh, of all these different guys trying yeah. to stop them and like punching Right, they get to a they they get to the end of this gauntlet and they've got a pile of cars that they have to get through. So Snake, of course, backs up full speed, throws it reverse full speed, it just blows right through that that wall. Yeah. And everyone just kinda shrugs at that point. They go, "Eh, Yeah. He he got through. They got through, so that's that's kinda it. Yeah. And he just keeps going. They just keep going. Yeah. They make their way to the train yard. Train yard. uh, which of course naturally that's where you would hold a prisoner. Oh yeah, one hundred percent. What I love about the train yard is that there's hardly anybody there. This is no, there's to, not many people there. Like no. this is no. the Duke is the is the head guy. Yeah, 
It feels like there's like eight people there. Yeah, it's pretty yeah. desolate. Yeah. Just his top men, I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah, his top <laughs> consultants. Yeah. His top constituents. <laughs> <laughs> Only the guys he can trust told yeah, the president. That's true. That's true. Uh, so Snake tracks him down to a train car yeah. of sorts. And this is the only real time we really see Snake genuinely injured. Yeah. All, and it, all this so far, he's kind of come out unscathed. But. Yeah, he's he's pretty invulnerable. And then he gets to this point, he gets he gets assaulted as he's trying to get the I mean, he gets an arrow to the leg. Yeah, he does. He gets an arrow is right to the leg. Is it a crossbow? I think it's a crossbow. I think it is, actually. Yeah. I think it's a crossbow. I mean, that could kill you. Yeah. And it could really kill you if you hit, got hit in the right place. Yeah. But he immediately... <laughs> As soon as he gets hit with that arrow, throws a... Is it a knife or a, a knife. ninja star? It's a, a knife. knife, yeah. And the forehead of the guy... Just that takes him down. Yeah, immediately. Great shot. Like oh, yeah. Like bullseye. Oh, yeah, nails bullseye him. Bullseye with that knife. Um, but I wouldn't expect anything less from Snake. It's true. It's Kurt Russell. Um, <laughs> and uh, uh, and then takes out the guy. Is, is that the only guy? Or was there another There was guy? like two people in there. Yeah, he yeah, dispatches them. Yeah, they're yeah. out of there. Gets to the president. Uh-huh. Mr. President starts to un, uh, untie him. Yep. And then it takes him straight out of the car, right? They start to get out, but then they're kind of ambushed. They're quickly ambushed. Yeah, quickly yeah. The, the Duke is on top of them. Brain kind of backs like, oh, I had a gun to my head, and, you know, it wasn't my fault. And right. the Duke kind of just goes, okay. Yeah, okay. That's then, okay. Yeah. And then again, what I love about this, I think Isaac Hayes had this, like, twitch. Yeah, the twitch, yeah. That he added himself. Yeah. And he only does it when he's... Interacting with Snake plus yeah. Ken. Yeah. There's just something about Snake. Yeah. That it, gets it's him. like, I think he feel like, I think he feels deep down actually a little bit threatened. Yeah. It's like, oh man, this guy, this is the coolest, most capable dude of all time. Yeah. One on one, I'd be, be down. But, yeah, I'd be you, down. Know, yeah. With, you know, with my whole crew, I can maybe yeah. hold on to him. But yeah, I think he actually like respects slash fears him a little bit. Yeah. And it's causing that Who little couldn't? anxiety to twitch. And so, yeah. And that's saying it's Kurt Russell. So <laughs> you keep saying it's Kurt Russell. Well, it's Kurt Russell. It's, it is Kurt Russell. It is in the form of Snake Plissken, yeah. but it's Kurt Russell. Yeah, it's true. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So uh, <laughs> it's Snake Plissken, and it's Kurt Russell. So they capture him at this point and haul him away. Yeah. Um, what I love as they're captured, like as he's kind of being held captive, there's these three dudes that have him. Yeah, and they just look. Super goofy, yeah, and like out of it's place. It's like a Fu Manchu mustache, yeah, yeah. And a sleeveless, some weird vest, like no shirt, like sunglasses without yeah. any actual like frames in them. Yeah. They just look so goofy. Yeah. I'm like these to think these of, three like dum dums that are like in charge of holding this guy, this, this I'm special to think, forces guy. Think of how to place it because they do look so crazy. There's some definite uh, correlations, I think, to some of the bad guys in Big Trouble Little China. With just some weird glasses and sure. weird haircuts and stuff. Yeah. And that's, you know, that's also John Carpenter, obviously. But there's I, that's something I really appreciate. It's just the goofiness. It was so goofy. Yeah. Like, they really inject some of that in there. And I think I, it just makes you laugh. You it's go funny. from the Duke, which is a kind of a goofy character in general. But he's meant to be played as, like, this, like, scary crime boss yes. guy yes. in the city. And you kind of get that vibe. Um, and then he just hands him off. He hands off this special forces... Well, oh, yeah. no, because he, even he says, like, oh, I thought you were dead. Everyone thinks Snake yeah, everybody thinks dead. He's, dead. Yeah. he's so well-known, and he yeah. just gives them to these three guys yeah. to take, to, to take him to wherever. Balls. Yeah, yeah, uh, take care of him. Yeah, yeah, that's pretty funny, man. But that's yeah, that a, kind a good of, point. <laughs> so he gets the president, then he loses the president, yeah. and um, brings us to an end of Act 2 in the movie, kind yeah, of. Yeah, basically, like, yeah. We kind of get to the tail end of this movie at this point. Yeah, like he's captured. I think he, lo- I think he lost his... Uh, Tracker. Yeah, they thing. take they, they take his little like beacon off of him for the for the president. Yeah, yeah, and it's it's like you think you think all is lost, possibly. Oh yeah, yeah. Brains out of there. Like brains abandoned him. Maddie's yeah, they knock him out. They hit him with something. Cabby's gone. 
So what's going to happen? I don't yeah. know. I, I, act three. Who knows? I mean, anything could happen. Anything could. And anything shit. And and what does happen is Snake wakes back up to oh, those three oh, okay. goofballs again. Okay, okay. <laughs> Just okay. looking down looking at Looking down on them. Yeah, that's right. That's uh, right. But of course, at yeah. this point, we get introduced to one of the most important physical characteristics. His eye patch. I mean, his eye patch I is know. up there. I know. I, know I guess, remember, the second about. most important <laughs> physical characteristic, which, which Kurt Russell got a lot of fan letters about, apparently. Yes, he did, my is, friend, is, is this his tattoo. It's a giant yeah. tattoo. Yeah, giant snake tattoo. Very dark, yeah. Very uh, prominent. Uh huh. You don't see the beginning of it. No. However, you well again, like how you want to say the it. tail you just of the see... snake is below the waist. Yeah. Yes, it is. <laughs> uh, so the tail of the snake is below the waist, <laughs> and you, the head, the upper half of the snake is. It's a cobra, isn't from, it? It's a cobra. Yes, yeah. it is. It's a cobra. It's like ready to strike. Yeah. Uh, just like snake and Kurt. So yeah, but it's it's really funny, man. Uh-huh. Like it's a it's a great. Uh, Addition. I wish I could have seen this back in the theater to really experience that for the first time with a right. crowd of people. Because um, there's no hint to the existence of this thing until this scene. No, not till then. And it's yeah. it's not out of place. You're just kind of like, wait a minute. Yeah. What? Yeah, it's it's really a, funny. A, a tattoo in general, you would have just acknowledged, like, yeah, of course Snake has some yeah, tattoos. Has a tattoo. That makes got sense. A He's got a yeah. snake tattoo on his chest. Yeah. But it's so big, it's yeah. so dark. It's so it's dark. so provocative. It's like this big... <laughs> Deep, dark, huge cobra. <laughs> it's so funny, man. And like you said, he got a lot of fan mail about that. Oh, yeah. But yeah, we kind of get a couple of wake-up sequences here with Snake. And we kind of cut back and forth with Brain and then yeah. um, trying to, to find the president. Um, yes. But we cut to... The, the wrestling fight scene? The wrestling scene? fight scene. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, it's great. There's a lot happening in there. Like, in the context of today's movies, it's easy to look at that fight scene and be like, eh, how well choreographed is this or sure. whatever. It's easy, it's easy to like, uh, it's easy to poke fun. Yeah. But at the same time, when you look at that and you hear Kurt Russell and John Carpenter talking about what they had to do to actually do that scene, the, oh, the yeah. toll it took on oh, it took on a Kurt significant Russell. toll. Right, right, exactly. And like so, to the point where like the, <laughs> the stunt double coordinator type person for Kurt the advice he gave to him was just good luck. Because this guy, this guy's name is wrestler Ox Baker. Perfect name. Dude was 6'6, 320. Yep. Like, I guess a well known professional wrestler. Professional yes. wrestler at the yeah. time. Yeah. But, like, really took it to him. Like, wasn't really yeah. holding back. He was Let him have it. beating the crap out of them. Yeah. And so, hilarious. I mean, like you said, it's not the most well coordinated scene. But they just hand him that's, some baseball that's bats. That's true. Like, let him go at it. You think about it, that's the thing. And, like, if you actually did that with two guys and one of them was 300 pounds, 6'6", six, six, yeah, like, yeah, what huge. would that fight actually look like? You know yeah. what I mean? Enormous I think, man. I think we're so desensitized to these like hyper-choreographed, CG-enhanced, all of these things sure. today. But back then, it's just two guys swinging bats at each other for a few minutes. Right, and know? it quickly escalates to bats with nails in it. Yes. And, of course, the ever-classic garbage pan lid. Shield. Like, yeah, shield yeah. that he's using to... You know, yeah, it's a nice touch. Yeah, to almost no effect. Like, uh-huh. if you actually yeah. <laughs> use that to stop a bat with nails, you'd probably just yeah. get impaled. Yeah, your hand would get impaled. Quite the scene. Yeah. Another fascinating aspect of that fight scene. Yep. At the end of it, Snake dispatches the guy who, uh, Ox wasn't a big fan, first of all, in losing. Yep. And was also a little bit nervous about this because they swing that real bat with real nails in it yeah. at the back of his head. Yeah, it's insane. They had a little pad there and a little block of wood or something, apparently. Yeah. But I, I cannot stop thinking about it. If you asked me to do that, I would be way too nervous to swing that back. I, I think I would just walk off the set. I mean, like, if There's you, no way. I mean, yeah. sure, it, even if it's like a decent size, even if it was yeah. like, you know, a foot by a foot. Yeah. 
I'd still be like, but what if I miss? I know. That's the thing. There's always that chance. There's that variable. I I still look back on it, and I think I could be wrong, but I feel like they might have misspoke and, and meant that the nail was coming out of the back of the wood on his neck, and he just had to hit him with a bat. I don't. And think I know so. the bat had nails in it, but maybe like rubber nails to make it look. Everything that but I've read or I know. heard about, and maybe, yeah, maybe it's just a story that just keeps getting told. Yeah, I want to believe if it is really like that's the way terrifying. they did it. Then it is absolutely terrifying. Yeah, because, not the place to cut the budget. I mean, but they did. Yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah, yeah. They needed to save a few dollars there, and it's like. I mean, it's life or death. Truly, it's life or death yeah. with that. And Good so, old Ox Baker. Yeah, Ox took one for the team. Truly. He gave it to Kurt, that's yep. for sure. Yes, he did. But yeah, good little fight scene from the brain. Maggie, they find the president. Yep. At one point, Romero takes the tape from the president. That's a pretty important scene that we yeah. kind of glossed that's over. That's true. That's true. Yeah, he takes it from him, and you're wondering, like, okay, where is this tape? Yeah. But they find him just in a room with a blonde wig on, which apparently was Donald Pleasant's idea yeah. to... To put that on. on that himself. was just a little addition to yeah. the the goofiness. Yeah, it's pretty um, funny. Yeah, yeah. But Brain and Megan in there, and they uh, they they trick him. And yeah, he stabs him, and it's it's a pretty it's a pretty brutal little it feels scene. Fairly real. Yeah, like he really just like right in the gut. Frank right Doubleday. I mean, he he plays it well. Very like <laughs> expressive. Yes, it yes it is. Like yeah, that's a that's a pretty gruesome one. I mean, you don't really see see that much in there, but the way he just kind of. And like it gets quiet all yeah. of a sudden, and yeah, it's 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 pretty harsh. Yeah, yeah. They kind of bolt out of there, yep. and then somewhere in the course of this, Snake wins the fight. The Duke learns that the president's missing, and yep. they just kind of leave. And there's one thing you should never do: it's, it's leave Snake Plissken alone. That's exactly right. You, you don't want to give him an opening. Yeah, give him an inch. He'll, he'll take ten it. miles. He'll take ten miles right off the yeah. top. So then it's kind of like almost cutscene esque. We just end up. Back on the roof yeah. of the Trade Center, yeah, where yeah. I don't ever remember Snake telling them that that glider was up there, but the president and Brain and Maggie, and Maggie are yeah. all on the roof exactly. trying to get to this thing, yeah. and there's some people up there kind of cutting, cutting the, the glider or whatever it it's is. It's kind of like some yeah. cut, cut scenes from earlier, stuff that didn't make yeah. it in the movie as to who those people were. Oh, yeah, that's I think right. they were kind it of was like, an extra like, certain gang, and they don't really... Kind of like their... living in those buildings, yeah, and they exactly. didn't really touch it. But they, yeah. they mess with it. The, the glider is gone. Yeah. Not that it mattered, because nobody was getting no, that thing just, together anyways. going to fit in that. Yeah. And so then they make their way back down to the lobby. Snake yep. catches up with them, kind of helps them escape. Yep. And then the Duke confronts them. Yep, that's true. They're in the lobby. He's got that like steam powered whatever it is next to him. I have no idea what that object yeah, was. Yeah, who knows what it it's is? It's like a big espresso machine. It's a, that's exactly what it looks like. It looks like an espresso machine, and it's hilarious. And then what happens? Does Snake shoot it? He shoots. Yeah, I don't know if he's. Yeah. Do you think Snake missed on purpose? Oh, that's true. He might have. I mean, I guess. I, Why would he? I, the only thing I can think is if he did, if he did miss on purpose, it would have been. Because if he shoots that machine, it gives him more of an explosion to hit. Because it's not just the Duke there, right? Isn't it? That's true. That's that's fair. Okay, yeah, I can see it. Snake more... knows that he could kill the Duke if he wanted to. Right. But then he's got all those other guys there that can yeah, shoot. Yeah, if he could like disable everyone in the group, then obviously yeah. that's better. But but yeah, yeah, that's the only thing I can think of. Yeah. Does everyone is like kind of scatters at that point. Right. Doesn't does Cabby show back up here? Is that where Cabby? Cabby shows, but they get back in the car with Cabby. Right. That's when Snake is, or the president, someone's just like, where's the tape? Right. That's when Cabby kind of acknowledges, like, he's been safekeeping it. Yeah. He's got yeah. it. He pops it in the player. We hear a little bit about like it. Nuclear, Some nuclear-related stuff going or on. or whatever it is. Yeah, we don't know the specifics. Yeah. And they take off. Like, yeah. The chase begins. Across. 
the 66th Street Bridge Across or something? the bridge. Right, yeah. right, right. Yeah, I exactly. can't remember what it was. Yeah, whatever bridge it is. Yeah, filming on some smaller bridge in, yeah. like near St. Louis, I think. Yeah, and we know from everything they've said earlier, the bridge is laced with mines. Yeah, but Brain knows where the mines are. Brain knows. Or does he? Uh, right, exactly. Because pretty sure uh-huh. in this sequence we learn that Brain doesn't know anything. Right, he keeps telling them which way to turn. And they go the other way. Yeah. And they don't get blown up. And they don't get blown up. Until they go the way Brain tells them, I think? Yeah, I think so. I, I think feel they like actually turn the way he tells them, and then the car gets... doesn't get blown up. It gets severed in half. Cut, like, half is in, like, <laughs> cut it directly in half yeah. with, like, an, a laser. Yeah. And it just splits completely in half. Yeah, perfectly. And it's really funny. It just splits apart in half. Yeah, that happens, and then they all get out. And this whole time, the Duke's chasing him. The Duke's been chasing him, yeah. The whole time, by himself. He's in the car by himself. Right. Right. And this Cadillac is just yeah. launched into the air with these yeah, the chandeliers. <laughs> chandeliers on the yeah. front of it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, and then um, what? What from there? What? What from there? Caddy, unfortunately, didn't make it. Didn't make it. Didn't make it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And then they start running. Well, br- I feel like Brain is kind of off to the back, right? And he kind of was, they start to like yeah. run. He's like, no, 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 don't go that way. But then, then he, he steps one. on a mine. Yeah, and it just reiterates the fact that like. I just don't think he knows. He actually knows. He yeah. uh, he mixes up where the mines are, blows yeah. up, and dies. And he Maggie is Maggie's, pretty distraught about yeah. it. You can see she's actually pretty sad. Yeah, she's sad. And uh, she decides man. she's not leaving. No, she's not leaving. She takes the gun. She asked for the gun from yep. uh, from Snake. She takes it. Duke's driving straight at her. Yeah. She shoots probably two or three rounds, tries to get him, but he eventually runs her over. Yep. Interesting part of that scene though, and there's a little quick shot of where you see her laying on the ground and she's covered in blood. And yeah. They didn't actually get that on the bridge. They later captured that in John Carpenter's garage just to save time. Again, a little cheap, cheap and dirty way to do it. Yeah, but it, it looks good. It does. It looks good. You, it looks yeah, like in the know. moment. Yeah. It's, that's where it is, you know. Um, so anyway, they get that and then what So at this the, point we've effectively gotten rid of all the characters that we don't want to get out of New York. Yeah, except for now it's Snake just the president, and the president. And Snake. Yeah. yeah, exactly, and that's it. And so and the Duke's chasing them. They're on foot, right? Everyone's on foot from here on out, and they come to the wall, right? Yeah, I can't remember how the Duke's car crashes. At some point, he's out of the car. Oh yeah, he. I'm trying to remember. I don't know if I don't think he hits a mine. I think he just has to stop for some reason. Yeah, or something like that. And so yeah. he's out. We got a foot chase. Yeah. And to the wall. they throw a rope over. Yeah. And the Snake, guards throw a rope over the either wall. Either in character, out of character, I don't know. Let's the president go first. I think he knows yeah. probably that given the situation. But he's running out of time. Yeah. He's, he's got he's, it's moments like two left. Two and a half minutes. Yeah, or something, minutes at something this point. crazy. Yeah. It's nuts. He just wants to get out of there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Exactly. And so he gets about halfway up the wall and what happens, Ian? I mean, the president stops the cable for some reason. Yeah, yeah. There's no explanation. There's no, there's no reason for it. Uh-huh. He just stops him halfway. He's just uh-huh. dangling there. It's hilarious. And then he just blasts the Duke. Yeah, it's pretty funny. No. And then there's almost a moment of like the president kind of deciding, and he decides to bring up. Yeah, he, yeah, the yeah. There is a moment there where you're like, is he actually going to bring him up? Yeah, yeah. But he does. Saves him. Gets up there. I mean, what, pretty man, quick from here. Over. Snake runs over immediately. Yeah, doesn't get anything else. Yeah, he just pushes like, everyone out of his way. Well, doesn't he fall? He falls off of the wall. Yes, and it's what's that called? The Texas switch. Okay, so he falls behind a car or a dumpster or something, and that's not him. That's a stunt double. Yeah, but as when you who you see spring back up behind it and run towards the the guards and push them out of the way is Kurt Russell. Yeah. So you kind of switch them back in there. That's called the Texas switch. But pretty effective. Um, yeah, pretty cool. Pretty cool. But yeah, he gets up there. To um, diffuse the bombs, right. but they're like, "No, give us the tape first. So he gives them the tape. Right, right. Then they diffuse them, and then what? We see the president getting ready. 
Right? President's getting like cleaned up. They're shaving him. And, like, yeah, cleaning they're cleaning him, him up. Like, I don't know why yeah. they're shaving him. He's yeah. pretty, it's not like he's all scrappy. Yeah, yeah. They're yeah. shaving him. He's going to go on. He's clearly going to go on camera at some point to get. Right. He can't make it to the summit. They're going to video stream him it in. or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> stream it back then. Yeah. 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 Exactly. So they're going to live broadcast that. Yeah. And then ideally they're going to play the tape. I think during so. During the summit. That's the idea, I guess. Right. 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 And, but, and Snake is like. Talking to my, to me, I think the most interesting part of the movie. It is very interesting. Yeah, where Snake is like, he walks up to him while the president has this, all these this guard around him, everyone like getting him like shaving him, cleaning him up, putting on a nice blazer and tie and all that. And Snake starts kind of kind of interrogating him a little bit. He's a little like, bit. He has it very directly. Bit. Yeah, yeah, it's direct, and he he basically is saying uh, something along the lines of, uh, "Tell me, a lot of people died trying to get you out and save you." What do you have to say about them? Something like that, right? That's, yeah. That's kind of it. Yeah, it's really interesting because, again, I think it plays into when this was written, like post-Watergate, post-Vietnam yeah. War, like lack of trust in leaders and things like yeah. that. And so Snake Plissken lives that out as far as yeah. like he just doesn't have a lot of respect for leaders. No. In general. Politicians, and I'm sure. Politicians, yeah. for sure not. Yeah, yeah. And so he's kind of probing to see like what kind of man are you? Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, you know, we don't know how he's going to respond necessarily, but he's yeah. just kind of feeling that out because he doesn't trust this guy. Right, doesn't trust him. And he kind of gives just kind of a very political answer. Yeah, very political. Doesn't really, really no show real remorse. remorse. No, yeah, nothing. Yeah, nothing like that. Yeah. So Snake kind of walks off. He walks away. Yeah. And yeah. The president starts kind of giving his little speech as yeah. Snake walks back past our good friend Bob Hawk, the police commissioner. Yeah. yeah. Who offers him a job. Offers him a job. Yeah, throws yeah. it out there. He respects him. He got the job done. Yeah. You know, and he says... Uh, Earlier he says, call me Snake. This time he says, call me Pliskin. Right. The, na- exactly. the name's Pliskin. The name's Pliskin. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Which is... In our intro. Our intro is yeah. right there. So that's the second one you hear in the intro. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Pliskin. Yeah, great moment. So he basically just shuts down Hawk. Yeah. And that's then Hawk, right. he's just leaning up against the wall. Right. He's just kind of asking, are you going to kill me? And Snake yeah. just says, I'm too tired. Too tired. <laughs> yeah, I mean, just the, the perfect answer. Yeah. It's like, look, he's like, I got other stuff to do. I need to sleep. And yeah. I need maybe go get a beer. I've had, I've had 24 whatever. hours of yeah. chaos here. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Just great walks moment. off. Great moment. Walks off. And then you hear the... Uh, President start to give the rest of his talk in the background. Yeah, and then not much else. Happened. I mean, he gives he gives a little bit. He gives a little bit of a speech, and then he puts the tape in. Yeah, right. And you hear that. Um, I guess we should have said earlier in the movie that you hear a little bit of American Bandstand in Cabby's cab. Oh, early movie. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Early he's, movie. He's that's, playing that. Yeah, that's what you hear. And then as the president starts up the tape, I mean, what what happens? He got more of it. More of the more of American, American Bandstand. Bandstand. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Snake did the old switcheroo. Yeah, did the old switcheroo and then you And we know it. he switched it out because oh, yeah. we cut to Snake pulling the ribbon out of the actual tape and right. destroying it. Yeah, destroying it and just walking off yeah. to, to nowhere. Yeah, cut to black. Yeah, cut to black and it's great. Cut it's a great snake. ending. He's so cut to Snake. That's pretty good. <laughs> Fade to black. Snake, snake to black. Uh, yeah, and that's that's basically the end. He just yeah. walks off, and it's like he's he doesn't care. He's got his freedom. Yeah. Okay, it fades to black right there. He's still on that base. He's in Liberty Island. Yeah, he's right there. It's not like he's like 400 miles away just watching this thing transpire, and he laughs to himself because he switched the tape. It's like, no, this is happening right now, and you're within 100 feet of these guys. Obviously, it makes for a cool ending. Real life, what do you think happens there? I mean, surely they have to actually go and grab him. Yeah, they would grab him. I think you would have an entire group, like at least twenty guys. He didn't, he didn't fulfill there. the deal. No, but the deal was right. the president and the tape. Right. And so, although 
I don't think Bob Hawk really likes authority that much either. He, no. He ended up in the job, but you get the vibe that he's kind of also thinks it's all a little bit of yeah. bullcrap. Yeah. And he kind of is on that same wavelength with Snake. Yeah. So I kind of wonder if he maybe would see it all go down and kind of go like, yeah, okay. I, th- I think he would, I think they would capture him because they're in front of the president. They have to at least capture Snake, the man that yeah, did it. Yeah, they can't not. Yeah, they need someone to, to blame this on. But I think what he would do is, I think Hawk would capture him and basically give him the same deal again. Not, not the same deal, but say something like, you're either going back or you're taking this job I just offered you. Or something like that. Like, I don't know. Like utilize him. Or they would just pull the line that, you know, he's got this part and they can't do anything about it. Right. They gave it over to him. Yeah. And they would just kind of have to be always looking for the opportunity to get Snake back. Yeah. For what he did. It's true. It's true. Yeah. It's a good ending. Yeah. Yeah, it's good. Strong ending. Strong ending. Trying to think, what else? Should we, uh, I mean, we covered the entire plot for those at home. Uh, yeah, we basically covered the entire the, movie. The entire movie. <laughs> <laughs> should we hit another break real quick? That's a good idea. Let's take a break. Okay. Let's take a break. All right, see you all in a bit. Okay, welcome back, everyone. Thank you for bearing with us through that, oh boy. <laughs> that deep dive into... <laughs> Our apologies. <laughs> Escape from yeah, New York. Was a lot. And so uh, it was a lot of fun, but yeah, thank you for uh, listening for something that was probably close to the runtime of the actual movie. So we appreciate that. Uh, but now we get into one of uh, my favorite parts of the show where we're going to be rating uh, Mr. Russell's performance through a rating system really unique to this show, which I, I think is pretty fun. One of my favorite parts, again, of the show. And so, uh, Ian, tell us a little bit more about that. Yeah. I mean, when I think about Kurt and his performance, I always wonder, what would Goldie Hawn think about how he did? And so, on a scale of, we'll say, one to ten Goldies? Yeah. You know? What yeah. do we think about his performance? You know, not about the movie, just how well did Kurt do in his role? Yes. Yeah. In this case, Snake Plissken. Yeah. Well, I can tell you right now. I mean, you can probably tell just from my yeah. demeanor what I think, but I'm going to give this a 9 out of 10 Goldies. Okay. No problem. No questions asked. I think that's pretty high. I think maybe, you know, there's a little bit of room there possibly for some improvement because uh, this is the coolest he's ever been in my opinion, but in terms of his uh, caliber of acting, this is still pretty early in his career, so there's probably room for improvement there and um, how strong his actual performance is, but... For what this movie is and how it was a, a, such a change from what he was doing before and how it did set up uh, his career for doing more of these types of roles, I think it's extremely strong. So I'm going 9 out of 10. I think it's fair. I think if you compare it to his entire career, it'd be easy to potentially rank lower. Yeah. But it's early on. Mm. Uh, he put a lot of work into this movie. True. To prove True. this character. I think if you look back at it, this character is kind of a, a cultural icon in many ways. Mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. had a big impact. So I don't know. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with an eight out of ten. Okay. On this one. Okay. Uh, it was understated. It, I think there is probably room for potential improvements, but it's a great yep. character. I think yep. He did a good job. Yeah, I think he did. Well, that gives us an average of eight and a half out of ten. Great math. Yeah. Thank you very much for that. that I feel good about it. How many years did you go to college? <sighs> eight. So they, they paid off. Yeah, they truly did pay off. <laughs> Almost eight and a half, just like our school. Yeah, right? Uh, yeah. But uh, anyway, no, that's good. I think I think that's fair. I yeah. think that's fair. Eight and a half, I think that's fair. I think, again, like we've said, they, they did a lot of work for that role. He obviously worked out a lot for it. He really did have, like, like the physique he had from that compared to 
uh, other films he had before that, and even a couple afterward, was just very different. Like obviously packed on some. Yeah, and he had to do all the work world. himself. I mean, yeah, he exactly. had to he had to go out and seek that. Any any help he had was on his own accord. So right. Exactly. Yeah. I think he deserves a lot of credit for yeah. that. It's pretty impressive. Really impressive. Yeah, it was a big deal for him. This is a big yeah. movie. Yeah, to be in so one hundred percent huge deal for him um, and his career. Next thing we come up to uh, just our rules that we're taking away here again. For anyone that didn't uh, catch that at the beginning, the reason this is called Kurt Russell rules is not just because he is an amazing person and actor, but really there are certain sets of rules, maybe lessons that we take away from his movies. And Ian and I have both drawn up a list here of rules that we think are takeaways yeah. from this, and we're gonna. I think uh, we're going to each list out our list here of rules and then whittle it down to our top two. Yeah, I'll pick, I'll pick one I like of yours. You pick yeah. one you like of mine. Exactly. All right. Exactly. All right. You uh, you want to start us off there, Ian? I can. Okay. Rule number one that we learned from Snake Plissken is pick your battles. He's hardcore. He knows what he's doing. Uh-huh. He's special forces. Uh-huh. But what we learned this entire movie is that sometimes you're in over your head, sometimes it isn't worth it. Even if you could win the fight, it's just mm-hmm. not worth it. Mm-hmm. you got to know when to pick your battles. So pick the fights you can win, pick mm-hmm. the fights that are worth it. Okay, I like that. I like that. Pick your battles. All right, all right. My first one is, uh, it sounds ridiculous, but uh, love could be right around the corner. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we can see in this movie that I think, my opinion, we talked about the chemistry earlier, I think he has two chances to find love in this film. Just in this period of 24 hours... He interacts with two lovely ladies sure. who are very much his type, who I think he has some chemistry with. And so being a man who's in the, the dating world himself, I think it gives me hope that even if I'm in the desolated <laughs> if you city. you get thrown into a dystopian yeah, yeah. open-air prison <laughs> yeah. of New York Wasteland. City, there's a lady there's in there. There's still a lady out there for me. <laughs> yeah. Just around the corner, maybe in a burnt-out It's that shack. glimmer of hope. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, so, yeah, uh, that's my first one. Okay. Uh, Number two, I'm going to say less is more. If there's one thing Snake does, he just says what's on his mind, doesn't doesn't really ramble on a whole lot. Not like us, at least. I think no one does it better than Snake. My favorite thing is, why are we talking? Right? Yeah. What's going on here? That's a great moment. Doesn't go into details. So I love that. Less is more. Less is more. Okay. That's a good life lesson. I like that. I like that. Mine is, uh, it's very, it's pretty much pretty on the nose, but. Time is of the essence. Yeah, you know he's clearly. got he's got twenty four hours in this film to uh, complete the mission to save the president to save his own life. Uh, in a modern, more modern film, it might be even get the girl, but that doesn't happen unfortunately. But that's okay. Um, and really, he has to maintain his focus and make decisions quickly. And so, yeah. uh, I think there's a lot of lessons that we can apply there uh, for our day to day lives. Might not be as much on the line. From our in our day to day, but at the same time, we got to keep our eyes on the prize, keep moving, get that paycheck, pay those bills, yeah, make those decisions that you need to make, and just move on with, uh, you know, the rest of the day. And so that's that's what I think. That's why time is of the essence. Time, right there. yeah, time is of the essence. Time. So uh, so much of it. That's a good segue. I mean, mine kind of overlaps with that a little bit. The way that I kind of phrased it, and, it, and it's stolen a little bit from John Carpenter in the commentary. So I got to mm. give credit there, which okay. is okay. Live for the next 60 seconds. Yep. You know, he just doesn't, Snake doesn't care uh, about the consequences, doesn't care about what tomorrow is going to bring or the day after. Yep. It's just, what's the mission at hand? What's the situation at hand? Yep. And what do I need to do in the next 60 seconds to make that happen? Yeah. And so, every once in a while, maybe we should just live for the next 60 seconds. Yeah. What would Kurt Russell do? What would he do? Yeah. He would live for 60 seconds. Yeah, I'll tell well, you clearly. Right now, yeah. Exactly what he would do. That's good. I like that. 
for the next 60 seconds. Yep. Yeah, just live for what's right around the corner. Yeah, you know, one minute at a time. Yeah. Yeah, take it as it comes. Sure. Sure, why not? <laughs> okay, I like that. I like it. My next one, which is I think is our last one. Yeah, right? it is. Should be. Through, yeah, yeah, should be our last one. My last one is um, don't mess with Snake Plissken. Yeah. You just don't do it. I don't care who you are, where you're from. He's a force to be reckoned with. I mean, I don't care if you're Isaac Hayes. Yeah. You do not mess with Snake Plissken. So, you can be the Duke. You can be the president. Uh, it doesn't matter. But you got to stay, stay out of his way because he's going to get it done. And so I think he's the coolest character in the world. And uh, you do not cross him no matter what it is. We can see all sorts of Snake Pliskins in our lives, or at least something close to it. Yeah, something close to it. I think we all know, know our own. Deep down inside, we've all got a little, a little bit of Snake, snake Pliskin in us. us. Yeah. Uh, I like that. Don't, don't mess with the snake. Yeah, don't mess with the snake. All right. Pretty good. All right, I know which one I like of yours, Joe. Do you want to hear mine again, or do you, you, you got to pick? Let me, uh, let me list them out here to make sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So for you, you've got Pick Your Battles. Yep. Less is more, right. and live for the next 60 seconds. That's right. And what were yours again? Mine are, love could be right around the corner. Sure could. Times of the essence. Don't mess with Snake Plissken. Yeah, I mean. I'm going to ask I'm gonna ask you. Okay. What is your favorite of mine? Uh, don't, don't mess with Snake Plissken. Yeah, it's a great rule. It's, it's not just a great rule. It's extremely important. Yeah. I mean. Words to live by. There's no love around the corner. If you mess with Snake Plissken. That's true. Right. That's true. This 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 rule really It's a golden rule. It is. Yeah, it kinda cancels out both the others. Yeah, you, you mess with the you snake, you're gonna to get the fangs. One. Yeah, that's exactly right. Yeah. <sighs> <laughs> I do yeah, like it though. Good. I think it's my favorite of the three. Okay. Don't mess with Snake Plissken. Okay. All right. I like that. I like that. From yours, I'm going to live for the next sixty seconds. Yeah, that's a good one. I think that's really good. I like the advice of don't look in the past too much. I mean, it's fine to look there sometimes. Don't look too far ahead because that could paralyze you. But really just look at what's right in front of you. Then that should get you where you need to go. I think so. Yeah, I think that's really good. Yeah, it's if you really do those good. two things. Man, you'll, you'll be on easy street. Yeah, you're set up for success. Yeah, yes, you truly are. snake sess, if you will. Oh. <laughs> oh. That ends on a high note. <laughs> yeah, right it does. There. It truly does. I think that pretty much covers us, doesn't it? I think it does. Yeah. Okay. Heck of an episode. Heck of an episode to, re- to really start on. I mean, I know this is episode two, but it's the first time I really... Yeah, it's first real, Yeah, like honest-to-goodness episode. Yeah, exactly. And what exactly. a way to start things off. Yes, truly is. It's a great movie. It's a classic. It's Kurt Russell's. It's one of his finest. I mean, I think if it was anyone else that we talked about earlier, that it, wouldn't, it just would not yeah. be the same movie. I think he really shines. Couldn't agree more. Yeah, good man. That's what I want. That's why, you're, that's why we're hosting this together. Ian. Yeah. Yeah. Well, everyone, thank you so much for listening. That was fantastic. Again, great film. Uh, please go out and watch it if you have not. Please go out and watch the entire catalog of Kurt Russell if you have not. Uh, just a little sneak peek for our next episode. We're going to be doing the film Miracle, which is about the 1980 Olympic uh, U.S. Olympic hockey team Miracle on Ice against the Russian team. So, uh, spoiler alert, but we did win. And uh, But please uh, tune in for that one as well. And again, thank you all so much. Uh, that wraps up officially episode number two. And uh, thank you all, and thank t- to you as well. Oh, you know, you're <laughs> I'm not going to make it. Yeah, you're so I'm welcome, not Joe. Make it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we are. You're, yeah, you're fried here. Thanks, everybody. So, yeah, thanks, y'all. See you next time. <laughs>